I have two sermons. And right now I'm just trying to figure which I'm in 15 minutes. <laughs> David loves to put me in times. But I really appreciate how the Holy Spirit overrules him. <laughs> I asked for a mirror. Uh, apparently, it's back there somewhere. <clears throat> a couple of thoughts that the Lord has put on my mind is, I want to reveal myself to your life. That sounds kind of plain, but did you ever think of walking, we're talking about as you go, do you ever think about walking with God every day, being sensitive to who He is, being sensitive to how He taught the Holy Spirit would relate to us? Thank you, sir. And uh, <clears throat> expecting that as you walk every day, God will reveal himself. I think sometimes we get so busy in life, we just, you know, we're on a treadmill. It's like a little gerbil. And uh, just to share with you a little bit about maybe an example of what I mean. I went to Tim Hortons, and you all know I do that. And I'm sitting there having my coffee on my iPad, and this lady comes, she's a fairly large lady, sits facing that way with nothing. She didn't have no coffee or nothing. Another lady comes who's just a little younger and a little smaller, sits on that side. And she had something for the two of them. And then mom came and sat across from them. And they started talking. And these two daughters were trying to convince their mom of what build house she should buy when she sells hers, and she has two choices, a cheaper one or a more expensive one. And they were trying to explain to her how happy she would be in the expensive one because the cheap one didn't have a very good view. You look out and all you see is bush. The other one, you see the lake and the mountains and whatever. And so and I'm sitting listening to this conversation, and I, and I kind of felt like Philip. There was a moment when God said, join yourself. And so I looked at the lady that first came, and I smiled at her, and she smiled back at me, and I says, it's amazing. I says, we, we've just been through this with my mom. Oh. And so they were struggling, which is right, and I was able to give them directions from scriptures how they would know it was the will of God. And they thanked me. You see, you have to live life with expectation. And here's, here's some of our difficulties. We're distracted with focusing on minute things when there are major things God wants to do. Get your eyes off of yourself 
get your mind off of yourself. When I go to Timmy's, I have an expectation. I'm going to have a cup of coffee. But I also have a greater expectation that God is with me and he may want to do something today. And it's always, it's never what I expect. And so sometimes I think we just limit ourselves because of ourselves. <clears throat> the Lord has just been speaking to me, and he, and he, he, he's, he, he's putting this thing over and over in my mind. As truly as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. Arise and shine, for the glory has risen upon you. And the glory of the Lord is revealed in the world through his people. The Lord wants to reveal himself to this city. Are you willing to be the people that will say, here I am? What do you think the apostles and the disciples thought after Jesus gave them the great commission and left? Here's what they thought. Jesus said, power is coming. They expected that. But he also said, all authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. And you can go. And you can make a disciple. And you... As you go and make a disciple, you will walk in the things that I have taught you and showed you. So after the day of Pentecost, I'm trying to think as they thought. Man, the power of God came. We all looked like we were stupid and drunk. What a great experience. For them, it was real. For the observers, it was questioned. I would rather have the real than the questions. And what do you think they thought? It says in the Psalms, it says that you will make sure that I do not see corruption. Speaking of Jesus. Thousands of years later, that scripture is fulfilled in Christ when he was in the grave. What does that mean to us? To me, what it means is this. What God said is what he will do.
even if it takes a thousand years. He doesn't forget his words. Amen? He does not forget what he said. How many of you would like to look into a mirror? Let me read you a scripture verse. It gives you the right to look into the mirror. <clears throat> oh, no, I'm going to hold it in front of somebody. <laughs> but we all, so you can't be left out. Sorry. But we all, with open face, beholding in the glass the glory of the Lord. You can't say, well, that's not me. Oh, yes, it is. The Bible says it's you. And we all, with open face, you know what? Take your mask off. What I mean by that is, look at what he sees and not who you think you are. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Well, I see an ugly face. Uh, hmm. I see my hair is not right. That's me. My brother Percy was worse than I was, than I am. But what do we see when we look in the mirror? Do we see the glory of the Lord? When you look in the mirror, do you see the glory of the Lord? You see, it says open face. Right? Open means I am not stuck in some limited opinion. I am open. So, do you want to see the glory of the Lord? Okay, I'll show you the glory of the Lord. What's Paul trying to do? He's trying to bring spiritual reality to what we see. When we look at ourselves, do we see what God sees? As truly as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. You won't cry, will you? No, no. See there? Look at there. <laughs> Pastor David. I, you know, let's, let's just finish the verse now. Let, let's finish the verse. And are changed into the same image from glory to glory, 
even by the Spirit of the Lord. So when you look in the mirror and you see the glory of the Lord, but you also see that you're being changed from one level of glory to another level of glory. So when I look in the mirror, I say, ha, I see the glory of the Lord, and I am changing by the Holy Spirit I, be, I, I begin to receive more of the glory of the Lord, more of the glory of the Lord, more of the glory of the Lord. The prophet Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 53 about the son that would be given and the child that would be born. It happened. It happened. Even though the religious people misinterpreted Scripture, did not stop God from doing what He said He would do. He had somebody who believed. His name was Zechariah. What happened when Jesus was born? The glory of the Lord appeared and the angels appeared. You see, when, when God talks about the glory of God, He talks about the immensity of His kingdom, and it includes His angels, His seraphims. We live in a kingdom that is not of this world. Are you expecting an invasion in your life of something that is not of this world? We all, with open face, God excludes nobody from His glory. And as you travel, you understand that there's a real hunger for the glory of God in the earth today. It's a focus. It's even more focused than the presence of God or the power of God. There's a focus for the glory because God wants to fill the earth with His glory. There's no five steps into it. I think sometimes the five steps, three steps, I think we should take a match and burn them. Because our lives in Jesus are not five steps. It's a life. Every day. Let's see, I'm going to do my five steps so I can walk with God today. Lord, help you. <laughs> when you think of what the disciples, what the disciples think? They think of what he said, what he taught, what he did, and he gave them the power, and they said to themselves, you know what? This is what Jesus told us to do.
I really appreciated Brother Chan's testimony this morning because it revealed how many people in this church felt his pain and ministered to him that we didn't know about. That's awesome. Keep doing it. You know, don't say, oh, yeah, well, so-and-so is sick. He's, go visit them. Well, I don't know. You know what? Go visit them. Make time. You're in the ministry. God wants to reveal his glory through you. Do you ever hear the phrase, well, that's just who I am? It's not just who I am. It's who he is. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And some people think that that's negative. No, no. What he's saying is this. I am what I am because of all God's favor on my life. What we're experiencing here in the house is about that much of what yet is yet to come. Believe me. And even if there's only 10 left here, it will still go. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but God is not limited to people and numbers. He wants us to look in the mirror and see the glory of the Lord. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Stop living in who you used to be. I can't. Pastor David can't. Pastor Daniel can't. Billy Graham couldn't. Or Roberts can't replace God in your life. Period. I believe churches are limited because they limit themselves with the ministry that stands in front of them. I don't understand why I can't just give six steps and go home. But I feel challenged in myself. And I, and I prepared this whole sermon out of Colossians, and I printed it all out and everything, and I sat down, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, what did I talk to you about three nights ago at three o'clock in the morning? The glory of the Lord. And, and I'm... I'm in my sleep, and I, I, I feel like I was awake, but I was in my sleep. And the Lord is saying, 
I have a glorious church. It doesn't have any spots or wrinkles in it. Tell the people, that's what I see. I see a glorious church. God sees his house as magnificent. He sees us as his palace. If the king lives here, do you think you're his palace or his shack? What do you, th what do you think he thinks about your home? Does he think your home is a shack or a palace. Kings don't live in shacks. Kings live in palaces. Well, my home is nothing. Really. Not in God's eyes. <laughs> when you go home and sit on your Chesterfield and relax and kick back and say, this is my king's palace. Well, it's a mess. It's still a palace. Because the king lives there. The king in his palace The king in his palace puts out his scepter and he says anything you ask of my kingdom Are you asking? God, God offered, according to the Psalms, God offered Jesus as a scepter. And when the king stretches out his scepter in his palace. That means that you have received complete favor for anything that you need or want. And you know what happened to the, to the, to the who was it that his wife wanted the John the Baptist's head? It's got to be the dumbest woman in the whole world. He says, I give you anything in my camera. I want John the Baptist's head. Okay, you got it. Like, huh? So don't ask for anybody's head.
But when he puts the scepter out, he put the scepter out. Jesus was the scepter that came. Amen? Amen. And here's what Jesus said. Thank you. When Jesus met with the disciples, he offered them a scepter. And what he said was this. All authority in heaven and earth is given to me. You can go now. And anything you ask in my name, my Father will give it to you. See, I think part of our problem is we look in the mirror and we see failure, we see weakness, and we have the law of sin that wars against the law of our mind to constantly keep us in our weakness and in our failures and our mistakes and our past, which God doesn't remember anymore. So when we look in the mirror, what do you see? Do you see what God sees? Or do you just see what the flesh sees? The places that I've been to where the Holy Spirit's moving, it's different than just a regular church service. Because God is not dead. And the Holy Spirit, one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit is wind. Uh, I, oh, the Holy Spirit must be sleeping today, I guess. It's not, not none blowing. No, He never sleeps. He's forever moving. Do we expect that every day when we're walking? So here's what I have in my mind. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would guide me. He would teach me. He would show me things to come. He would empower me. And he would be right beside me. When I wake up in the morning and I'm going about my day, that's my expectation. Right there. So, when I'm relating with my wife, he's there. Do you know what? It really helps marriage relationships when you realize the Holy Spirit's there. It does. When I'm talking with my children, the Holy Spirit's there. So here's, here's what that opens up for you. As a parent or a child, here's what it opens up to you. It opens up who God is. And if you read the book of Colossians, chapter 2, the actual Godhead lives within you. And here's what it opens up to you. It opens up all the gifts of the Spirit. And it opens up all the fruit of the Spirit. 
that wants to flow through your life in your circumstance and your relationship. So I'm counseling my kids and I'm listening to them, and I mean listening to them. Do you ever have, you ever have somebody say, you're not, you, you sat for them for two hours and they say, you're not hearing me? Duh. See, the Holy Spirit, when you listen under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, He gives you insight. You begin to function in the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. And all of that is available for us, right? But do we live there? Do we actually function there? It is absolutely powerful, but very simple. And it works. So Jeff went in and God gave him a word and he gave a word to Ch Chan and Chan did it and boom, right? What was, what was that? The Holy Spirit's availability of word of knowledge and word of wisdom or what you need to do. So there's, when we, so when you read the Gospels and you see Jesus and how he functioned, all the gifts and the fruit were all there working in his life. When you read the book of Acts or you read the Gospels when the disciples were released, you read the book of Acts and you read the epistles, what you see is you see the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit working through the disciples in everyday common living. You see, when I focus on one thing in my life, I have left a whole bunch of stuff out. It doesn't mean I don't focus on it, but that's not my focus. If I'm dealing with something, it's not my focus. My focus is, Holy Spirit, I may not conquer this thing today, but I'm still going to walk in the Spirit. And the Bible says this, as you have received Christ... So walk in Him. So as you go, <laughs> as we go, we establish a kingdom. How? By realizing that the Holy Spirit has been sent to empower me with gifts and fruit to share with other people. There is no problem and no mountain that God cannot solve. None. But I, this is what I found my life doing as we learn things. We look in the mirror and we're being changed, right? So, well, I'm not there. Well, but you're, we're all being changed from one glory to another glory, not from one worse experience to another experience, worst experience to another worst experience. No, no. Our worst experience should be diminishing as we go in the glory. I don't think enough of us really realize what God can do in us 
when we cry out to him. If I was to share with you the devastating things that I have gone through since I started this church, you would wonder how I ever made it. And I had nobody to run to for counsel. I had one source, and his name is Jesus. And what happens when you call out to him, he'll correct what is wrong and strengthen what is right and change you. <laughs> but I found, until I started learning my lessons, I found that I was just doing the same old thing over and over and over and over again with the same result. I mean, how dumb is that? We want change, but we just keep doing the same old stupid things over and over again. Well, I could have called for counsel. There was no problem. I had pastors that said, hey, no, you have no problem. But what I discovered was this. When I cried out to Jesus, you know what was the first thing he told me to do? Forgive. Well, they don't deserve to be forgiven. <laughs> Forgive. <laughs> so what do you do? You yield, right? When you yield, you begin to change. So I couldn't say anymore, well, it's just who I am. No, no. I can say that, but God just slap me right up the side of the face. Forgive. I can't. Yes, you can. And here's what happened. When I forgave, I was released. Like that. And I have this little sneaking suspicion that we don't really realize how powerful crying out to Jesus is. When Israel was in problem in the book of Judges, they cried out unto the Lord, and the Lord heard them. And the Lord delivered them. And it wasn't long they were back in bondage again, and they cried out to the Lord, and he heard them again. You know what? God will never stop hearing you. Nor will he ever stop leading you where you are. He will always come to you where you are. And the thing is this. The thing is this. Being challenged like this. Um, Nelson, if you don't forgive, you will have no right to stand up there and tell people they ought to. I'll tell you what, that put the screws to me. Just tighten it down more, right? You want to be a man of God, you want to preach the word, you better do it. Because if you don't do it, you're not going to be very effective. And nobody told me that. I learned that from experience. 
the first thing I do is I forgive instantly, immediately. Ask Pastor David. I've offended him a few times. I've gone and asked for forgiveness. I don't have a problem with that. I, I talked to a brother this morning. A little hard on him this week. It's no big deal. Works. My wife ticks me off. I forgive her. I tick her off. She forgives me too. We've learned that. You see, you can't expect your kids to be what they should be if you aren't who you should be. Right? So the sanctuary, the, the palace is your home. Right? Think of this. The king lives in your palace. Ask yourself the question, what has the king said to me today? What does the king expect from me today in, my pal in his palace? It's not your home, it's his home. When you start thinking, I can just imagine what the disciples thought when they went in. What, does, what would Jesus do here? You know? you, ever, you ever do that? Like, what would my dad do? Well, they would think, what would Jesus do here? What did Jesus, oh yeah, this is what he said. Yeah, oh, this is what he did. Okay, bang, finished. It's all confusing. Do you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that we don't call for help or anything like that. But this everyday life with Jesus, this everyday life in the Holy Spirit, and the, and the, thing that, the things that open up to you are all the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the power of the Holy Ghost, the effect of the Holy Spirit, and it's just, man, it's just, wow, bang, bang, bang. And it gets exciting. And not only that, it changes us drastically. It changed me from being a poke in the nose first and talk later to I forgive you. Why is that? Because we are changed into the same image of who he is. Amen? And so every day I can change. Every morning I look in the mirror and I make sure I spray my hair. I went and got seven bottles of spray one day. And the lady said to me, wow, seven bottles of spray. And I says, yeah, it's going to be a windy day today. So I thought I'd bust some extra. And she just started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like you look in a mirror every day what do you see oh you see the glory of God and the second thing you see is this I am changing to his likeness who can make you into his likeness the Holy Spirit We have got the greatest life that anyone could ever offer in the whole universe.
That's why I really believe in the moving of the Holy Spirit in the services. Do you know why? Because He's the agent that brings change. He's the one that can heal me. He's the one that can encourage me. He's the one that can strengthen me. He's the one who can give me the word of wisdom. He's the one that can tell somebody to tell me something. And so the moving of the Holy Spirit to me is, is a life flow of who God is. And without that, it's just a service. We sing nice songs, say a nice prayer, give a good offering, or not a good offering. Shake one another's hands and go home. I don't think that's church. The church is the palace of the king. Hallelujah. And it's where he rules and where he guides and he directs. And so the moving of the Holy Spirit, when we open up ourselves up to the Holy Spirit, you got up and said something this morning, right? Why? Big pardon? Because you were moved to say something, right? Hallelujah. As truly as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of God. All the earth. That means my house too. <laughs> Amen? It is powerful. It is powerful. It is God living in His glorious church, moving with His life, meeting the needs, bringing change, helping us see as He sees, helping us to understand as He understands. Another verse says, As truly as I live, all the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. The knowledge means there are people who are going to know about the glory because they're experiencing the glory. Now it's time to go. I think I've talked long enough. Every crisis becomes an opportunity to see the glory and accept the change. That's been my experience. Whenever I was ever deeply wounded or failed, there's one thing I know. When I obeyed the word, I was released and I was changed. Release and change. Release and change. We look in the mirror and we see the glory. And we're being changed from one glory to another glory. That means the glory of God is increasing in your life. And that is taking us to be changed to His image. Right? So what's His vision for His church 
to be like Him. To be like Him. I gotta stop. I just see all of you. In your heart, God, I want this. You'll get it. Amen? You will. Um, oh, man. <sighs> as truly as he lives, Sheila, those kidneys are healed. As truly as he lives, Chan's lungs are healed in the name of Jesus. As truly as he lives, you are a man and woman of God. And nothing less. You are his glory on the earth. You are the, you possess who he is. You possess all the potential that God has. You possess everything that anybody ever needs to overcome and be victorious out of every situation and change into His likeness. Father, we cast our limitations to the ground. And we step on them. And we open up our hearts to your potential, Lord. And we look in the mirror and we see the glory of the Lord. And Lord, I thank you that we're all changing from one glory to another glory. To the likeness of your image. In Jesus' name. Amen.